grace and peace to you and welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome here if this is your first time with us or if you are with us every week. You are welcome here no matter who you love or where you live or what you look like. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here at the United Congregational Church of Little Compton. We're so glad that you're with us. We have a very special service in store for you today in honor of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and I want to give a special shout out to our musicians today. Thank you to Deborah Johnson, who is going to be uh, singing with us. Thank you to Sarah Whitehead, who is going to be helping us with our hymns. That is very helpful, thank you. And of course, Raymond Boudreau will be on the piano. We have some fun music in store. Let us worship God. and mighty stream. Let's gather our strength and 
steadfast with hopes to redeem. Steadfast with hopes to redeem. Steadfast with hopes to redeem. The reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. You have heard that it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. i 
from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail, written on April 16, 1963. I have traveled the length and breadth of Alabama, Mississippi, and all the other southern states. On sweltering summer days and crisp autumn mornings, I have looked at the South's beautiful churches with their lofty spires pointing heavenward. Over and over, I have found myself asking, what kind of people worship here? Who is their God? Where were they when Governor Wallace gave a clarion call for defiance and hatred? Where were their voices of support when bruised and weary Negro men and women decided to rise from the dark dungeons of complacency to the bright hills of creative protest? In deep disappointment, I have wept over the laxity of the church, but be assured that my tears have been tears of love. Yes, I see the church as the body of Christ, but oh, how we have blemished and scarred that body through social neglect and through fear of being nonconformist.
From the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's last Christmas Eve sermon, 1967, at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. This Christmas season finds us a rather bewildered human race. We have neither peace within nor peace without. Everywhere, paralyzing fears harrow people by day and haunt them by night. Our world is sick with war. Everywhere we turn, we see its ominous possibilities. And yet, my friends, the Christmas hope for peace and goodwill toward all can no longer be dismissed as a kind of pious dream of some utopia. If we don't have goodwill toward all in this world, we will destroy ourselves by the misuse of our own instruments and our own power. If we are to have peace on earth, our loyalties must become ecumenical rather than sectional. Our loyalties must transcend our race, our tribe, our class, and our nation. And this means we must develop a world perspective. No individual can live alone. And as long as we try, the more we're going to have war in this world. Now the judgment of God is upon us and we must either learn to live together as brothers or we are all going to perish together as fools. It really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are made to live together because of the interrelated structure of reality. Now let me say that the next thing we must be concerned about if we are to have peace on earth and goodwill toward men is the nonviolent affirmation of the sacredness of all human life. Everyone is somebody because they are a child of God. And so when we say thou shall not kill, we're really saying that human life is too sacred to be taken on the battlefields of the world. A human being is more than a tiny vagary of whirring electrons or a wisp of smoke from a limitless smoldering. Each one is a child of God made in his image and therefore must be respected as such. Until people see this everywhere, until nations see this everywhere, we will be fighting wars. One day, somebody should remind us that even though there may be political and ideological differences between us, the Vietnamese are our brothers. The Russians are our brothers. The Chinese are our brothers. And one day, we've got to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. In Christ, there is neither male nor female. In Christ, there is neither communist nor capitalist. In Christ, somehow, there is neither bound nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And when we truly believe in the sacredness of human personality, we won't exploit people. We won't trample over people with the iron feet of oppression. We won't kill anybody. Let's rock to the rock in joy. 
raise a shout for our delivery. Let's rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Let us make a joyful sound. We'll rock to the rockin' joy. Let our praises abound. Rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rock, to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rock, to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rockin' joy. Rock to the rock in joy. In the days ahead, we must not consider it unpatriotic to raise basic questions about our national character. We must ask why there are 40 million poor people in a nation overflowing with such unbelievable affluence. We must ask why our nation placed itself in the position of being God's military agent on earth. For its very survival's sake, America must re-examine old presuppositions and release itself from things that for centuries have been held sacred. For the evils of racism, poverty, and militarism to die, a new set of values must be born. Our economy must become more person-centered than property and profit-centered. Our government must depend more on its moral power than on its military power. Let us, therefore, not think of our movement as one that seeks to integrate the Negro into all existing values of American society. Let us be those creative dissenters who will call our nation to a higher destiny, to a new plateau of compassion, to a more noble expression of humaneness. We are superbly equipped to do this. We have been scarred in the flames of suffering. We have known the agony of being the underdog. We have learned from our have-not status that it profits a nation little to gain the whole world of means and lose the end, its own soul. We must have a passion for peace, born out of the wretchedness of war, giving our ultimate allegiance to the empire of eternity.
Real peace, as Martin Luther King wrote, is not merely the absence of some negative force, war, tensions, confusion, but it is the presence of some positive force, justice, goodwill, the power of the kingdom of God. This is the peace we pray for, not the peace of escapism, which denies the powers of evil and hatred, not the peace of complacency, which tolerates the continued injustice that privileges those in power over those with none, but the peace, as King wrote, of justice, goodwill, brotherhood, love, yes, the kingdom of God, and the inner peace that comes from doing God's will. This is the peace we pray for today. On this Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday, let this peace begin here with each of us, and let us pray. God, we pray for those who are sick, those who are suffering in mind, body, or spirit. We pray for all who struggle with mental illness, anxiety, depression, compulsion, or addiction. Bring strength to those who are battling disease. Bring comfort to those living with pain. We pray for our healthcare workers who are exhausted after two years of this pandemic. We pray for people who do not have access to medicine, treatments, or vaccines. We pray for all who are struggling financially, for all those who are living in homelessness or with food insecurity. We pray also for all who are grieving in this time, all who have suffered trauma or loss. We pray especially today for Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas, whose Saturday services were interrupted yesterday by an intruder with guns and explosives. We pray for the four members of the synagogue, including the rabbi who were held there for 10 hours. God, bring comfort to the victims of this violence and hatred. Bring comfort to all who suffer as targets of hatred for whatever reason, their race, their religion, their culture, or their sexuality. And give us, who have the privilege of power, the words, and the courage to stand with them and condemn hatred in all its forms. We pause now and offer space to lift up prayers for anyone else who is on our hearts and minds, any prayer that you want to raise to God. Loving God, hold all those we have named silently or aloud close. Give them your presence and your healing and your strength. Finally, on this Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday, we pause to name and share our communal lamentation 
for the walls that still divide, for injustices still perpetuated, and for mighty inequalities that impede so many from reaching their full human potential. God, in your mercy, forgive us and give us the strength and courage to be your co-workers of love and justice. We pause today to confess to the ways we have contributed in word, thought, or action, or by our silence to the ongoing culture of division, fear, and injustice in our world. God, in your mercy, forgive us and give us the strength and courage to be your co-workers of love and justice. Let us promise, for God's sake and for the sake of our neighbors, to work toward building relationships with each other across racial, cultural, and ethnic differences. We promise, for God's sake and for the sake of our neighbors. As Christians, let us promise to regard the stranger, the other, whether black, brown, Muslim, or Jewish, refugee, or immigrant, with nothing less than the love of Christ. We promise for God's sake and for the sake of our neighbors. We ask that God help us and hold us to these vows in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
From the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's address, Where Do We Go From Here? Delivered to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference in August 16th, 1967. I'm concerned about a better world. I'm concerned about justice. I'm concerned about our humanity. I'm concerned about truth. And when we are concerned about that, we can never advocate violence. For through violence, you may murder a murderer, but you can't murder murder. Through violence, you may murder a liar, but you can't establish truth. Through violence, you may murder a hater, but you can't murder hate through violence. Darkness cannot put out darkness, only light can do that. And I say to you, I have also decided to stick with love, for I know that love is ultimately the only answer to humanity's problems. And I'm going to talk about it everywhere I go. I know it isn't popular to talk about it in some circles today, and I'm not talking about emotional bosh when I talk about love. I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. For I have seen too much hate. I've seen too much hate on the faces of sheriffs in the South. I've seen hate on the faces of too many Klansmen and too many white citizens counselors in the South to want hate myself because every time I see it, I know that it does something to their faces and their personalities. And I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to love. If you are seeking the highest good, I think you can find it through love. And the beautiful thing is that we aren't moving wrong when we do it because John was right. God is love. He who hates does not know God, but he who loves has the key that unlocks the door to the meaning of ultimate reality. And so I have decided to stick with love. Our sixth reading is from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's last Christmas Eve sermon, 1967 at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. In 1963, on a sweltering August afternoon, we stood in Washington, D.C. and talked to the nation about many things. Toward the end of that afternoon, I tried to talk to the nation about a dream that I had. And I must confess to you today that not long after talking about that dream, I started seeing it turn into a nightmare. I remember the first time I saw that dream turn into a nightmare, just a few weeks after I had talked about it. It was when four beautiful, unoffending, innocent Negro girls were murdered in a church in Birmingham, Alabama. I watched that dream turn into a nightmare as I moved through the ghettos of the nation and saw my black brothers and sisters perishing on a lonely island of poverty 
in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity and saw the nation doing nothing to grapple with the Negro's problem of poverty. I saw that dream turn into a nightmare as I watched my black brothers and sisters in the midst of anger and understandable outrage, in the midst of their hurt, in the midst of their disappointment, turn to misguided riots to try to solve that problem. And I am personally the victim of deferred dreams, of blasted hopes. But in spite of that, I close today by saying I still have a dream. I have a dream that one day men will rise up and come to see that they are made to live together as brothers. I still have a dream this morning that one day every Negro in this country, every colored person in the world will be judged on the basis of the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And everyone will respect the dignity and worth of human personality. I still have a dream that one day the idle industries of Appalachia will be revitalized and the empty stomachs of Mississippi will be filled. And brotherhood will be more than a few words at the end of a prayer, but rather the first order of business on every legislative agenda. I still have a dream today that one day justice will roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. I still have a dream today that in all of our state houses and city halls, men will be elected to go there who will do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with their God. I still have a dream today that one day war will come to an end, that men will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, that nation will no longer rise up against nation and neither will they study war anymore. I still have a dream today that one day the lamb and the lion will lie down together and every man will sit under his own vine and fig tree and none shall be afraid. I still have a dream today that one day every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill be made low. The rough places will be made smooth and the crooked places straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. I still have a dream that with this faith we will be able to adjourn the councils of despair and bring new light into the dark chambers of pessimism. With this faith we will be able to speed up the day when there will be peace on earth and goodwill toward all. It will be a glorious day. The morning stars will sing together and the sons of God will shout for joy. Here ends the reading.
And now, may God's healing spirit be present in you and present through you, that Christ's peace and love may abound. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and grant you peace and love and strength. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our church, we invite you to connect with us on our website, www.ucclittlecompton.org. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find a link to our donation page in the show notes for this episode. We also invite you to share this podcast or leave us a rating or review to help others find us. Our virtual worship team is the Reverend Rebecca Floyd Marshall, Senior Minister, Lily Clark, Project Manager, Cam Clark, Video Production, Alex Floyd Marshall, Audio Engineer, and Charlie Thomas, Readings Coordinator. The horn and string music you hear is performed by the Thomas family. In our church, it is our tradition to end every service with this simple blessing. God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsels, guide, uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you, God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace. Thank you.